Tell me more. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Julie. Get ready. We're going deep. Like page 12 of the Google search deep. Chelsea. Yes. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a movie. Ooh. It's a movie that this September will be celebrating its 30th anniversary. Hmm. Well, I know it's not Titanic because that's the 25th. Oh, right. Yeah, this movie came out in September of 1993. Hmm. 93. Okay. I was in third grade. Yes. You probably didn't see it right when it came out, but I know you have seen it. Okay. I mean, I need more clues. Okay. It takes place in the 70s. Days are confused. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You didn't even make me get to one of my last. I was going to say we quoted a lot. (laughs) Really? 30 years? I know. And it's so weird to be like, oh, it's like the 30th anniversary of it because it actually takes place in 76. Yeah. So it's more like 45 years ago that it's taking place, but it was filmed 30 years ago. You did watch this. I was probably, yeah, like way too young to be watching it because I had older siblings. Absolutely. Same. But I remember watching it and thinking like, thinking it was an old movie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, not realizing it was like a current movie about a, like 20 years old, you know, like 20 years ago. Like I really remember. Well, that's a real testament to like the costuming and like mm-hmm. the sets and props yeah. and hairstyles. Cause you're right. You, even if you like look at it now, it looks seventies, not nineties. Yeah. And which actually really comes up right now because have you watched that nineties show yet? Mm-hmm. And that does yeah. not look nineties. Every mm-hmm. single thing I'm like, I never in 95 because that's supposed to be taking place in 1995 saw a single person wear any clothes that look like this they all just look like they're wearing gen z clothes that's what i feel like it's hard to it's gonna be hard to kind of replicate like they did in our time in our years when they like made days and confused like they can't do that anymore you know what i I mean i feel like they just could have used clothes from the 90s like, they very clearly are not actually wearing 90s clothes. In no, I'm saying, like, they can't do that anymore because these trends have really come back around. Like, clothes from the 70s, even, like, true, like, 70s, true 80s clothes haven't, like, really come back into style. You mm. know what I mean? I feel like if they did Dazed and Confused poorly... They would have just dressed them all in like 90s grunge clothes. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. is kind of what I feel like that 90s show did. Instead of actually wearing authentic 90s clothes, they dressed them in the Gen Z version of 90s clothes. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. We're very far off. Topic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's so funny because just yesterday you sent that reel, which one of my favorite things to do is to describe reels and gifs and <laughs> memes for people but that one where it's like I missed the first 20 minutes of the movie because I was looking up everything else every actor has ever been in and I was like oh just you wait Chelsea. 
<laughs> because I already had like typed up my notes and I knew we were going into this. It also is kind of like a connection because our last episode, we were talking about child stars and this is mm. full of young actors I mean I guess not child stars we will get into that some of them were under 18 and some gross stuff happened but oh okay (laughs) so let's talk about dazed and confused so if anyone doesn't know you're probably I mean if you don't know what dazed and confused is you're probably not listening to this episode living under a rock yes the movie is the adventures of high school and junior high students on their last day of school in May of 1976. Chelsea, do you think most people that watch it like it? I think so, yeah. So according to IMDb, it has a 7.6 out of 10. Ew. I know. Well, IMDb, I feel like is notoriously low. So I looked up Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to say, what does Rotten Tomatoes say? (laughs) (laughs) The critics have given it a 92% and the viewers a 90%. So pretty high. Most people liked it. But I don't know if you know this, but it was actually like a big box office failure. Really? Huh? Yeah. It's kind of debatable how much of a failure it was. It technically made like $8 million when it was released to theaters, but it was like only limited released at theaters. And since then it's made like, tons more money in you know merchandise and when it went to video it kind of like blew up big time Mm -hmm. I don't have the exact stat but I read somewhere that it has like the record for being on like blockbusters new release shelf as Mm -hmm. like the longest movie that ever stayed on like new releases because if it was consistently rented they would leave it in new releases yeah And so it was consistently rented. So they kept it there. So it made like way more money after it left theaters. That makes sense. And I feel like it probably continued to make money because it's always on TV, right? Well, I don't know because I don't have regular TV anymore. Well, it's always on TV. Like it's always on one of those like Fox or like one of those TV channels that replays movies all the time. Like it's always on for those of us that still have cable. (laughs) My main sources are, I read an entire like 400 and something page book called All Right, All Right, All Right. Of course you did. (laughs) An oral history of Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused by Melissa Mayers. I also uh, listened to an episode of The Confused Breakfast, which is about Dazed and Confused. I watched a quick little like 45 minute documentary about the making of it. So those are our sources here. So Chelsea, when was the first time you remember watching it? I don't have like a vivid memory, but I can guarantee you I watched it when I was way too young. <laughs> I was probably in like fifth grade and that I that's a total guess. Yeah. I feel like I also watched it when I was too young to fully understand it. Yeah. I never got until I was older when the freshman come up to the car and he's like, he makes her go like that. And he goes, did you spit or swallow? And she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't like, I never got it until it was always like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, like, that, that is like, the sure adult, sign like, that we were too young to watch it. <laughs> and I was like, looking back on as an adult, I'm like, what did I think that even meant when I was younger? 
I know. Too young to watch it. Too young. (laughs) Here's another question for you. Did your town do anything like this? What do you, like what? Like, okay, you know how the, like the premise of the movie is that they're going to, like the incoming seniors are going to haze the incoming freshmen. Oh, no. But my dad, who graduated high school in the 70s, said that this like really happened when he was in high school. Okay, so I was just going to say that this happened the year I was going into high school in the town that I grew up in. And I always thought that it was just like a thing they always did. But now that I look back on it, I wonder if they only did it because of the movie. Like they got they made paddles and beat them. Yeah, and they took all the girls down to, like, a park and covered them in crap. Oh, no, no, my school did not do that. No, well, so it wasn't my school because I went to Catholic school. I was going to say, like, is this a Catholic school day? No, no, but in the town where my school was Mm -hmm. on our last day of school, you know, we would all, like, walk to the pizza place, walk around, and I remember my best friend was going to the public school for high school, and I can't remember for the life of me, I should have texted her if we went down to the park and she did it or if we just watched because like they knew she was coming. She like played basketball and she was like going to be on the basketball team. So I can't remember if they made her do it or not. But then I do remember like afterwards, we were just, you know, walking around town like you did back mm-hmm. in the day. And I remember the marching the girls down like it was called Station Ave. It's like the main road, like in mm-hmm. front of the police station. And I can very clearly remember being like, they're doing this in front of the police station. <laughs> like what is happening? And I think, so this would have been like June of 98. I think that I maybe hadn't ever seen the movie at that point. So I might've saw it after that. Okay. Maybe even like that night, like someone would have been like, oh yeah, it's from like and confused and then we watched the movie probably yeah so (laughs) this really did happen I also don't know if it actually like I said I don't know if it happened all the way from the 70s through the 90s or if they just like did it once the movie came out yeah don't even know if they did it in years after that or if it was just like one ballsy class was like we're gonna do what they did in dazed and confused yeah like that's like our senior prank kind of thing yeah I have no idea what it was Well, no, they did not do this when I was in high school, but I remember my dad loves this movie because it was like, you know, right around the time when he was in high school and all the references and the clothing and everything and the hairstyles, like, it's just like his time. And he said that they used to do that when he was in high school. Just a little breakdown of what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about the cast. We're going to talk about some of the people that auditioned and didn't get in. We'll talk about where they are now. We're going to talk about who hooked up on set because obviously if you're filming a movie with a bunch of teenagers in early 20s, there's going to be a lot of hookups. Yeah. And then I have a few just like funny behind the scenes stories for you. We'll talk a little bit about the soundtrack and some favorite quotes. Ooh, okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so the movie was filmed in the summer of 92 in Austin, Texas, which is where Richard Linklater was from that area of Texas. And it really is like a retelling of his high school experience. Okay. 
it's also one of the first movies like teenage high school movies that did that like just following people for one day type of thing like if you think about the 80s teen movies you have like pretty in pink and like 16 candles Mm. like those were it wasn't just like one day in the life of the kids whereas I think that became a thing right like you have like super bad and can't hardly wait all those just like Paris Bueller well that would have been before right yeah. yeah that was one day Okay, yeah, because that was 80s, right? Yeah. yeah, I think Ferris Bueller was in the 80s. But I guess I'm thinking more the, like, party movie, right? Where yeah. you just follow kids that, like, trying to get drunk and have a party all night. Because now I think there's, like, a new one every oh, <laughs> every couple years. All right, so they're filming in Austin, Texas in the summer. Bunch of kids. They're all put up in a hotel, They just like take over the hotel. A lot of people compared it to like summer camp. There were kids that were auditioned and brought in from New York and LA, but then they also hired some locals from like the Austin, Texas area. Mm -hmm. You've got people mixing like that are professional actors and then kids that have never been in anything before and weren't even actors. They just sort of like, ended up in the movie so don phillips is the casting director he also cast fast times at ridgemont high at the time of the movie there were really like no stars which is crazy now because there's some big stars yeah at the time the most famous name attached to the movie was mila mila jokovic who does she play again she plays michelle oh yeah, she's like the artsy one. The artsy one, exactly. Like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. And we're going to talk a little bit about how she was supposed to have a bigger role and what happened there. But other than her, almost everyone else was like an unknown actor or actress. Huh. There's some people who auditioned but did not get parts. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Who, did he go for the part that Ben Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for the most part, they had everyone audition for either Pink or Jody, And then after they started auditioning, they kind of like weeded people out and then had people just like kind of like there was, I forget who it was, maybe the guy that was Benny or Don. Mm-hmm. They like flew down and didn't even know which part they had yet when they went to go film. So they were like really moving people around and like seeing who worked best together. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they did was they had like a pizza party and just like watched them all interact to figure out like who was going to be what. That's kind of cool. Other people who auditioned, Ashley Judd. Hmm. Claire Danes actually got really close to getting the role of Sabrina. Sabrina's his sister, right? No, Jody's the sister. Sabrina is the freshman girl that comes out. Oh, okay. Elizabeth huh. Berkeley, who was Jesse Spano from Save yeah. Bell. Brendan Fraser, who looks just like Jason London anyway. Yeah. I know. I was like, wait a second. He, he's not in it. <laughs> no, he's not. Confusing because they're identical. Also confusing because Jason London has an identical twin brother who's also in all yes. the like all the Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> David Arquette auditioned. He was in the running for the stoner part Slater. Oh, okay. Also I'm happy, I'm happy with their selections so far. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon also auditioned, and apparently they asked Jason London about her. 
because they uh-huh. had both the only movie both of them had been in was oh what is it called it's such a bad movie did you ever see their first movie together they're like teens and they're in love and then he like dies on a riding lawnmower or something like that i don't think i've seen that i forget what it's called but it's bad but they had been in that together so they asked jason london about her and he was like no she's too young so they didn't hire reese witherspoon wait for her to play jody or for her to play someone else well i don't it depends on how far she got into the process okay you know what I mean? Because in, in the first audition, all of the girls did Jody and all of oh, the boys okay. did Pink. Yeah. And then as they got like called back, they got more specific. So here are the people that did get the parts and a little bit about where they are now. So Jason London was Randall Pink Floyd, not to be confused with his brother, Jeremy or Brendan Fraser. <laughs> he's still acting, but honestly, I didn't recognize anything that he's been in other than one episode of Scandal in 2012. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. I would, I looked through his whole IMDb, his biggest credits since Dazed and Confused, I think, was that he was in a trio of Aerosmith videos. And he's done like one episode of like a lot of shows. Joey Lauren Adams plays Simone, who is Pink's girlfriend. She went in on to star in a lot of Kevin James movies, like Chasing Amy with Ben Affleck. And she was also in Big Daddy. Yes. Okay. You're you're about to pull up IMDb, I'm, aren't you? I'm bringing up the cast just so I have references. And uh, according to her bio, she's still acting. Wiley Wiggins plays Mitch, who is the freshman Jody's younger brother. He's no longer acting, but he huh. did do one other Richard Linklater movie called Walking Life in 2000. His bio says he's now a video game designer. He is one of the Austin kids. So he was not a professional actor before this. Apparently, he was just like walking out of a coffee shop and they saw him and were like, hey, you've got long hair. You want to audition? Oh, wow. Michelle Burke played his sister, Jody. After days, she did the Coneheads movie. She then married singer-songwriter Scott Thomas in 1995. So that was only two years later. They had three kids. She took a big break from acting while her kids were young. And she's back at it now, acting, but not in anything big that I recognized. Next, we're going to move on to the nerds. So first up is Anthony Rapp. He played Tony. After Jason Confused, he got more into theater and he actually was was going to say, I feel like he's was in a lot, right? Well, he starred in Rent. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he actually has been in the news a lot since the Me Too movement. You might not realize this. He's actually the child actor that accused Kevin Spacey of sexual misconduct. Oh, wow. When he was 14 years old. He said that there was inappropriate sexual contact. Adam Goldberg played Mike. And I put not that Adam Goldberg, because all this time, I thought this Adam Goldberg was the creator of the Goldbergs, like the show. Yeah. They're not the same person. It's two different Adam Goldbergs. (laughs) Wait, are you sure? Yes, I'm 100% sure. I looked at their pictures. Because there's a picture of the Goldberg kid that comes up when you look under Adam Goldberg. Right. But does that say Adam F. Goldberg, right? <laughs> I don't know. You have to do it without the middle. These two Adam Goldbergs wage war over Twitter identity. 
There are two different Adam Goldbergs. So he actually has some pretty big credits. He was in Saving Private Ryan, A Beautiful Mind, and Zodiac. He's still acting. He also acted together with Matthew McConaughey again in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Marissa Ribisi, she played Cynthia. She is actually the twin sister of Giovanni Ribisi. Should I know these people? Giovanni Ribisi, yeah. If you looked him up, you'd know him. He's been in like everything ever. I can't think of a single one thing. (laughs) Gone in 60 seconds. Ted, the offer, the gift, boiler room. Yeah, like he... Boiler room was a big one for him. She's been in True Crime, the Brady Bunch movie, Pleasantville. In 2004, she married singer Beck. However, he filed for divorce in 2019. They split up, finalized divorce in 2021, but they have two kids, a son named Cosmo and a daughter named Tuesday. Who was her character? Cynthia. I don't, I can't even picture her character. She was the nerdy girl, the curly red hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. nothing like her. Oh, I guess, yeah. Next, we have Rory Cochran, who played Slater. He's still acting. He actually works kind of often with Ben Affleck. He's been in Empire Records. He was in Argo. Empire Records is one of my favorite movies. I knew that. And we're going to talk more about that when we talk about people that dated, too. So he was in Argo with Ben Affleck, Public Enemies, and Black Mass. Cole Hauser, who played Benny... He's actually mm-hmm. the only like Nepo baby on the cast. Well, I guess Marissa Rabisi. His dad was an actor and his mom is the sister of the Warner Brothers. Okay. <laughs> he also stayed close to Ben Affleck and was in Goodwill Hunting with him. Mm-hmm. He had small roles in a ton of big things like White Oleander. He was in the Fast and the Furious franchise. He played Carter. But now he's most famous as Rip Wheeler on Yellowstone. Yeah, I was going to say Yellowstone. He's huge in that. Yeah. Sasha Jensen played Don. The only credit he had after Dazed and Confused was the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, not the show. Oh, yeah. And then he left acting. Yeah, he had like a different kind of look to him. Like you couldn't figure out if like you like thought he was attractive or not. You're not going to find him attractive in a couple minutes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Nikki Cat played Clint, who had a pretty small part. He just like looked at the car with Matthew McConaughey in one scene. And then he's the one that fought fights with Mike at the keg party. One of my favorite quotes, though, which we'll get to at the end. So he actually went on to do a lot of little things, some big things. He was in A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey. Then he was on Boston Public. He was mm-hmm. in School of Rock, which is another one of Richard Linklater's movies and we're going to come mm-hmm. back to that too when we talk about the soundtrack but he hasn't really done too much in the last 10 years Chrissy Harnos played Kay she went on to play Dr. Mark Green's wife Jennifer on ER and then she left acting in 2003 to pursue a degree in child development Kristen Hinojosa was Sabrina okay. she was another one of the Austin kids just mm-hmm. kind of like picked out of obscurity. She left acting and she works as a social justice and environmental activist. Jason right. O. Smith played Melvin. Melvin literally dropped off the face of the earth. I was going to say, I don't see him here. <laughs> He's in IMDb. He only has one other credit other mm-hmm. than Jason Confused. And it was from like 1984. 
And even for the book that I said that I read, he was the only one that they heard nothing back from. So like they were able to contact everyone else from the cast. They didn't get interviews from Sean Andrews or Mila Jovovich, but he is the only one, this Jason Smith, that they couldn't even track down to interview. Was he an Austin person? That I don't know. I'm not sure. Sean Andrews played Pickford. He ended up being a total jackass who self-imploded. He was supposed to be Pink's like best friend and he was supposed to be in like every scene that Pink's in. But Uh he was taking himself like so seriously that he ended up like getting himself written out of like every scene. And when they would like write him out of a scene... They would like write Matthew McConaughey into it. So like Matthew McConaughey's part, he was Waterson. He was supposed to have this like tiny little part. He was only supposed to be in two scenes in the whole movie. But as this like Sean Andrews guy was more and more of a jackass and kept like getting in fights with people and being like, I don't think my character would do that. They were like, fine, your character won't do it. And then they're like, Matthew, come be in this scene instead. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, so he only ever did one notable movie after it. It was called Fix with Olivia Wilde. And he hasn't done anything since 2012. And is that why Mila Jovovich got written out of some stuff too? Because they were boyfriend, girlfriend in it? They were not only boyfriend and girlfriend in it, they were boyfriend and girlfriend in real life. And yes, they were just like up each other's butts and like making out in corners. And they were just yeah. like, guys, do you want to like read lines? And <laughs> they're like, like we're movie? good over here. And they're like, okay, we're just like not going to film you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> the really famous people we know are still in acting. Parker Posey, Mila Jovovich, Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck. And you might not know this, but Renee Zellweger was also in the movie. She does not have a named part. She's just like a random senior girl in the background of any Mm. scene with seniors. Oh, that is a fun fact. All right, let's talk about who hooked up on set. So the first one is Mila Jovovich, who played Michelle, and Sean Andrews, who played Pickford. Now... They didn't just hook up Chelsea. They ran off and got married. What? Like on while they were there? Uh Uh-huh. So during the filming of Dazed and Confused, they eloped to Las Vegas and tied the knot. He was 21 at the time. Do you want to guess how old she was? 16. She was 16. She looks like in some of the pictures of the two of them, she looks like a child. Like looking back now, I'm like, uh, is that even legal back then? uh i do not well i guess it depends on the state right isn't there like a four-year swing in some states but that if he was 21 he would have been too old but her mom had the marriage annulled so i'm guessing it wasn't legal because (laughs) he was 21 and she was 16 wow gross okay next one joey lauren adams who played simone hooked up with rory cochran who played slater he definitely has a type though Because after filming, when they all moved back to LA or New York, he started dating Renee Zellweger. Yeah. And then they started an Empire Records together. Oh, I love it. Cute, right? Okay, this is not exactly like an on-set couple. They were both on set, but Marissa Ribisi at the time was 17. And Mm -hmm. so because she was 17, she had to have an adult with her on set. Okay. 
her parents didn't want to come because they were busy working in Hollywood. So they sent her 22-year-old boyfriend with her. (laughs) Who was Jason Lee? Jason Lee? Jason Lee, who plays in all of the Kevin Smith movies. He's like Brody in Mallrats, Azrael in Dogma. He's, my name is Earl. You know, this oh, yes, 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 yes. I know you're talking about that. <laughs> so they were dating then, but he was five years older than her and he was her wow. adult guardian. Oh man, really poor choice. Really <laughs> poor choice. And yeah, he just ended up like drinking and smoking and hanging out with yeah. the guys. <laughs> Parker Posey said mm-hmm. that she had a little tryst with Anthony Rapp. All right, this is where I said you're not going to like Don anymore. So Sasha, Sasha Jensen, who played Don, and mm. Kristen Hinojosa, who was Sabrina, mm. they hooked up. She said it was sweet and it was just a kiss. And he said it was PG. Mm. However, she was 16 and he said he was 22 to get the part. Oh, God. But he lied about his age and he was 26. Oh, shit. Gross, right? Uh, yeah that's really that's no that's bad really disgusting jason london who played pink and chrissy Mm -hmm. harnos who played k they were actually dating before they showed up for filming they had met at the auditions and started dating in la so they were just like a couple together through all of the dating Deanna DeLuca played Siobhan. She -hmm. was another one who had her boyfriend on set with her. His name was Peter Milius. He was not an actor. He's a sound engineer. And I don't even believe he was working on the movie. He was just like, yeah, I'll come hang out. (laughs) It's just like all these dudes hanging out. Michelle Burke Thomas says she hooked up with Cole Hauser, Benny, and Jody. But then also Adam Goldberg, who played Mike, said that him and Michelle Burke Thomas hooked up, though he was dating actress Clea Lewis at the time. They apparently were like dancing one night and things got a little bit too far and he felt super guilty about it. Lots of hookups. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like one big old party, it seems like. Yes, that is exactly what it sounds like. I've got a couple of funny stories for you from things that either happened while filming, after filming rap, just like funny behind the scenes stories. This one might not seem funny how it starts. Okay. (laughs) During filming, Matthew McConaughey's dad died. And he was so beloved on set, as I mentioned. Like they were just like trying to find more ways for him to be in the movie. So he lost his father, whose name was James McConaughey. He was a former NFL player for the Green Bay Packers, became an oil businessman. Filming on the movie temporarily halted so that McConaughey could help arrange for his father's funeral. And a few of the cast members went with him to the funeral in the week because he was a local too. We actually didn't get into that when we were talking about him. So I figured he was one of the local guys. I'll come back to that. But he talks about how and when his dad died openly in the book by explaining that his parents were in the act of lovemaking when his dad died and apparently according to the cast members who attended the wake at the funeral his mom 
in his speech let everyone know that he finished ew oh my god it's totally unnecessary <laughs> like major overshare but also if your parents are saying things like that you kind of get where like Matthew McConaughey came from yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey was a local. He was in Austin going to film school. And Mm -hmm. the casting director was at a bar. And he was friends with the bartender. And the bartender called him and was like, hey man, there's this guy here and he's casting this movie. So Mm -hmm. Matthew came to the bar and just sort of like introduced himself to the casting director, but pretended like he didn't know who he was. Just Uh like bullshitted with him all night about like golf and parties and music. And then eventually, like hours later, the guy was like, hey, you should come audition. (laughs) He was like, oh, cool. Maybe I will. And then he got the part, obviously. Oh, that's so funny. So during filming, do you know the scene when the eighth graders going into freshman year, they kind of like set up Ben Affleck? Yes. They like Mm -hmm. tell him that they got Carl and he's around back and then they Mm -hmm. dump the paint all over him. And so in the next scene after that, he like pulls up in his car and he's like screaming and he goes to like slam his paddle on the ground Mm -hmm. well if you watch that scene over again you'll see that the paddle breaks but Uh one part of it flies off into his ankle he actually like shattered his whole ankle oh my gosh like reconstructive surgery on it but it was the last scene that they were filming so they were just kind of like all right that that takes gonna have to do that's a wrap (laughs) so you can see it if you know it and you watch it you can see exactly when the paddle hits his ankle. And then he said that there was just like so much adrenaline pumping that he walked on it back into the car and drove away. Oh my gosh. But it was like totally shattered ankle. I never knew that. That's crazy. Did you know about the drinking game? I don't think so. <laughs> so there is a drinking game that people play when they watch it and they drink every time Wiley Wiggins touches the bridge of his nose. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Because it's like throughout the movie. So actually don't do that though, because you'll die. <laughs> because he touches the bridge of his nose 42 times. Oh in my the- gosh. He does do it so much. So much. Here is another fun fact. So this happened only like five years ago or so. So Jason London had gotten a new like MacBook and he needed uh-huh. help setting it up. So he called the like, is it like the Genius Bar hotline or whatever? And the person that answers the phone is like, what's your name? Gets his name and he's like, hey man, it's Wiley. Turns out Wiley Wiggins (laughs) was the person working at the Genius Bar helping people set up their laptops. What are the chances of the two of them being reconnected? (laughs) through apple (laughs) i know right okay and here's our last fun fact did you know there was actually a lawsuit about the movie no the movie like i said earlier is pretty closely based on richard linklater's high school experience Mm. and he used real life people as inspiration he actually said that he himself is a mix of Mitch and Pink. So like 
Mitch would have been him when he was like a freshman and Pink would have been him when he was like a senior. But he used people's real names in the script and eventually they changed either like the first names or the last names so that it wasn't an exact full name of Mm. anyone. However, three of the people whose names he used ended up suing him. Oh, wow. So Floyd, Pink Floyd, Mm. is I think it was Richard in real life. They changed the first name and they made it Randy in the movie. Waterson, Bobby Waterson, and then Slater, they all sued in October of 2004. So it was 11 years after the movie came out. Three former classmates of Linklater's at Huntsville High School in Texas filed a defamation suit against Linklater, claiming that they were on the basis that they were the basis of the three central characters in the film. So he said that some of them were like inspired by them, but some of them like with Pink, he just liked the name. He thought it was cool, uh-huh. but the actual character was based on him. Waterson, I think he said like it was actually the personality and Slater was too. Mm-hmm. They eventually dismissed the case. I believe it had ran like um, statute of limitation had run out. So the only one that was really bothered by it, though, was Slater, because it was actually affecting his business. He was like a contractor and he would come out for like things and people like, oh, you're the guy from the movie. Like, well, we don't want drugs on our property. Like, are you really a stoner? So like he it really did like affect his business. But the other two, Floyd and Watterson, said that they were just like, yeah, all right, we'll go in on it. Like thinking (laughs) they could make an easy, quick buck. I was gonna say like 11 years later like how how are you gonna sue 11 years later I could see if like when it first came out well I think it was because it wasn't that popular when it first came uh, yeah out. like yeah so but 11 years like, yeah I feel like it got popular in like the late 90s so if it was like in the late 90s and people really were like not giving him work because they thought he was a stoner yeah slacker and he was gonna have drugs on their property or whatever Slater's one of my favorite characters though (laughs) me too do you know I didn't realize until I was reading this that he was this guy in Empire Records too you didn't know it was the same person no I don't know how I like as soon as as soon as I saw a picture of him without the long hair I was like oh my god but like (laughs) no I didn't realize it I think the voice, the voice is what, like, he has a very, like, distinct Yeah, it is definitely a distinctive voice. Let's talk about the soundtrack a little bit. So good. Yeah, it's an amazing soundtrack. So the film is named after the Led Zeppelin song, Dazed and Confused. Linklater actually approached the surviving members of Led Zeppelin for permission to use their tune in Dazed and Confused. And... Mm. Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones gave permission. They agreed, but Robert Plant refused. So they weren't allowed to use any Led Zeppelin songs on the soundtrack. However, Richard Linklater wrote like a burn book article in the local like Austin newspaper after the fact, like he burned Robert Plant in it he said that he had like no talent and all this stuff he burnt Universal Studios because he felt like they didn't like distribute 
the movie correctly. Like he went off on everyone in this article. And then I want to say it was like 10 years later, maybe even more when School of Rock was coming out. Mm-hmm. they wanted to use a Led Zeppelin song in it and so they actually did get approval for that and Robert Plant came back at him and was like oh you want to you still think I have no talent <laughs> so what songs did make it on the soundtrack you have Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith Ghouls Out Alice Cooper Why Can't We Be Friends by War Stranglehold by Ted Nugent No More Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper Free Ride, the Edgar Winter Group, Low Ride, also by War, which I know both of those songs and didn't know who War was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hurricane by Bob Dylan, Love Hurts by Nazareth, Slow Ride by Foghat, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo by Rick Derringer, Show Me the Way by Peter Frampton, Summer Breeze, Seal and Crofts, and Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner. And I know we've talked about, maybe we've touched on this before, like my parents always had music on growing up. So I felt like the soundtrack for that movie were like songs that I had heard like my whole entire life. So I just like already kind of knew it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I feel like other people that maybe their parents didn't do that or their parents were older or younger, whatever the case was, had no idea what the songs were. Oh yeah. No, I think this is like iconic one thing that was kind of disappointing like if you look at the songs that are in the movie I feel like the ones that are in the movie are a lot better than what made it on the actual soundtrack that got released it's definitely like Hurricane and at Tuesday's Gone I think which are probably my two favorite songs on like in the movie aren't on the actual soundtrack when all was said and done they spent one-sixth of the film's 6.9 million dollar budget on rights acquiring the rights to these hit 70s hits to put in the film wow so a sixth crazy. of the whole budget was on music that's crazy to think about that also worth it though it wouldn't have been the same movie without those songs you know no and i mean not to, not to bring up that 90s show again <laughs> for a second time but one of the things that i noticed in it was that occasionally maybe in like the end of like two or three episodes they used an actual song from the 90s but all the rest of the time it's just like a couple guitar riffs that sound vaguely like grunge music I didn't pay attention that closely it was bad like if it had good 90s music in it it might have been better yeah all right let's talk about quotes this is it we're wrapping things up here Chelsea what is your favorite quote from this movie I have, so, I can't narrow it down. You can't narrow it down. Let's just. But I will tell you that I just, I just quoted Days the Confused today, actually. No way. Which, what did you quote today? I just want to dance. <laughs> I love that one. Yes. That's like the best response when anyone's like, I don't know what to do with my life. Anyone quoted an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, right. I quoted it because I've been doing a lot of dance workouts lately and Kevin's making fun of me. So I just quoted Days of Confused and he said, I just want to dance. But wait, really important. Did he know you were quoting Days of Confused? Yeah. Yes, oh, good, good. Excellent. All right. So yeah. obviously some of the most famous came from Wooderson, like, all right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. He also said, this one's one of my favorite, like not necessarily the quote, but the memes that come with it, that it'd be a whole lot cooler if you did. Yeah. Like, what was the, (laughs) 
someone sent one around Christmas time where it was just a picture of Waterson in his car and it said under it like it'd be a whole lot cooler if he did and it was like <laughs> me asking Amazon if they knew where my package was <laughs> like Amazon no and then it was like be a whole lot cooler if you did I also like and maybe this was a main reason for the lawsuit by Slater is the checkulator, checkulator, checkulator. Maybe people were saying that to him all the time. And he was like, I can't handle it anymore. That's so funny. People have counted how many times he says man in the movie. Yeah. He says man after everything. And the shotgun. They did shotgun a lot in the movie. Yeah. Shotgun. What about... Parker Posey's character. Wait, we're yes, I've got that one. I feel like there's I can't Wipe that face off your head, bitch. What did she say? Wipe that face off your head, bitch. Yeah, like just anything she said in the movie was pretty like she was funny. I loved it. I sent you that in our group chat like a month ago, and you immediately within seconds were like, Are you watching Days and Confused? (laughs) It is like one of those movies that I could watch again and again and again wait we're not even through Wooderson quotes yet. Oh, okay you've got the the one that's actually very cringe today but where he's like that's what I love about them high school girls mm. I get older they stay the same age Ooh, that did not age well. no that did not age well but he also said just keep living man l-i-v-i-n <laughs> One of the things when I was in like high school and I thought it was so cool and so smart, I always loved that teacher's little like monologue when she's letting them out of class for the day. Okay, guys, one more thing. This summer when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial 4th of July brouhaha, don't forget that you're celebrating the fact that a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I just thought that was one of the best. I also love the scene with Siobhan, Simone, and Darla in the truck when they're like trying to get, because Siobhan hangs out with Simone and Darla, but she also hangs out with Jody and Kay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, tell us what they say about us. We know they talk about us. Siobhan is finally like, fine. She called you a slut and you a bitch and then Simone's like what what that bitch called me a slut I'm gonna kick her ass and then Darla's like you said you wouldn't get mad and she's like I'm not mad (laughs) so just because this is like the years when my parents were graduating and in high school my mom also said like there's a scene where they're getting ready and they're like zipping up their jeans with like the pliers and Mm -hmm. ironing their hair and everything my mom's like we did that we did that in 70s that's like exactly what we did getting ready that's so funny in the book that I read uh Dina I think her name's Dina Martin or something Dina DeLuca maybe she said that um, they put her in like a size one jeans to do that scene where they pulled it up and then she wore like three sizes bigger in her jeans the rest of the movie. The last quote that I had written down and let me know if I missed any of your favorites was when Clint says, I only came here to do two things, man, kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. (laughs) That was a good one. I love that one. You know what's funny? The one of like I guess the main characters, Pink Floyd or whatever, he he didn't really have any like quotes, right? I mean, not any that I think are iconic or that like my friends ever quoted at each other. Yeah. 
Mm-mm. I mean, he's kind of like mopey through it. Yeah. I like him. I don't dislike him, but he's not like the funniest or the, you know, cleverest. Well, and I think like, you know, going back to your your thoughts on like, this is like the day, day in the life of this, these groups of people and how they kind of all like intersect. Like Pink wasn't having the greatest day that day. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. There was the one quote on the football field, and because I don't have it written down, I'll probably mess it up. But he's like, "Don't like, don't tell me these are the best days of my life. If I'm if I'm ever around talking about how high school was the best time of my life, just kill me or something like." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't want to be probably one his most notable quote. Yeah. So that's my presentation on Taste and Confused. <laughs> Thirty right years later. God. <laughs> well, it is a classic movie. I will probably watch it this weekend now that you've just gone over all of these things. And I definitely want to watch the Ben Affleck clip at the end. Or not at the end of the movie, but the part of the movie where he shatters his ankle, apparently. I'm going to have yeah. to zoom in. Check that out. And I would also highly recommend the book, All Right, All Right, All Right because it's actually like an oral history which I've been really into lately I read another oral history over the summer and then you know like Daisy Jones and the Six is fiction but it's set up like an oral history where it's like Mm -hmm. interviews but one of the best parts of books like that is that like they'll get people's reactions to like what other people say so like one person will be like no I never did that and then there'll be like three people under it be like yeah he did (laughs) <laughs> he definitely did that <laughs> like, that's funny so it's really funny to read definitely entertaining definitely recommend all right all right, all right. <laughs> well that's it for this episode do you have something you want us to deep dive on send us an email with the topic to julie at vermontmoms.com and be sure to come hang out with us on facebook and instagram at vt mom if you want to dive deeper into any of the topics we present here shoot us a dm on the gram we love to chat don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each new episode is released